0: Und and Karl Heinz Rila 1-0 for Borussia Dortmund.
1: And Scotland are back again
0: here. Yet again, they are level with the world
2: champions. Moin Moin, welcome to another episode of the GFP. Back again following the first round of the DFB-Pokal, which had had its fair share of shock results, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um uh, Bundesliga finally gets back underway this Friday with the visit of Champions Bayern to Eintracht Frankfurt. We're very excited to see how another season unfolds. But before we get into that, I'm going to introduce my colleague, co-host George Balakrishna, who himself has had a week that we could probably devote a, a full podcast episode to in itself but well firstly how are you and uh, I'm quite interested to hear about your your Tuesday night in Hamburg this week if you could tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah and of course well we're, we're recording this on um, on Thursday evening um, still feeling still feeling it in the legs a little bit from from Tuesday night. I think we kind of briefly explained what was going on um, last week so basically my team uh, that I play for here in Hamburg, we got drawn with um, probably the biggest team we could have get, got um, been drawn against in the uh, Hamburger Lotto-Pokal, which is where the first team of, of every club in, in the state for slash city of Hamburg uh, gets put in the cup. And obviously we progressed through to the second round uh, only to draw the the mighty uh, SC Victoria, who have actually featured on this podcast before, funnily enough. Um, when we were talking about um the sort of lower league scene. Um and off the top of my head I seem to remember um saying that the German championship was played there twice at the start of the 20th century. Um I believe it was 1901 and 1903, in the famous Stadion Hohluft, also home to Twitonio Ottensen, um, who of course are playing um Leipzig later on um this month, but unfortunately not a Hoheluft Stadion, because it's a um artificial pitch. Uh, they'll be playing in Desile, but of course that wasn't that was not your question, Colin. Um, so yeah, so the, the the it was a bit of a mismatch, uh, uh four four or five leagues. I think is the difference. Um, you know, it wasn't ever going to be too much for contests, um, but it was more. It, it was a very, it was very, um, it was a very nice experience to be honest. Um, playing in a, in a stadium with a with a pretty um, decent crowd. Um, Obviously, I spotted um, Robert and um, Roy who were there as I as I came and walked out. My 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 two biggest supporters. Um, the striker that I was that I came up against um, has actually <laughs> was actually playing for Victoria Berlin uh, two seasons ago um, and won promotion to the Drissa League with them. So uh, obviously, it was it was a it was a it was a tough day at the office, but like I said, a, a learning curve, and um, it was. Um, yeah, it was it was it was cool to play in front of that in front of that many people in that stadium, um, and to to play against some of the best sort of semi professional um, players that there are, you know, in, in Hamburg, probably in the, the 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 Oberliga scene in Germany, they'll they'll uh, be right up there as, as some of the best players. So um, I, I I imagine that Victoria will will be one of the favourites to go on and win the Pokal. Uh, now that we're knocked out, of course. Um, but yeah, it's funny because like like I said, I've mentioned them on the podcasts. Like I've I've been to watch them, I've been to see them, watch them play before, um, and yeah, I mean I've I've not really I think I've spoken a little bit about uh, the club I play for in Hamburg. You know, we had twelve different nationalities being represented in our squad of sixteen that that uh, made the trip to Hall of Um So you know, it was it was a very for for a club that was founded in twenty sixteen. To, to play against um, a, a team like um, SC Victoria, who are one of Germany's oldest clubs, um, yeah, it was it was it was a, it felt like a very momentous occasion there, just despite the outcome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was a, a great experience. I think you mentioned that it was like the toughest game you ever played as well. I suppose it gives a gives you a bit of appreciation for how good players are at that level because sort of. This weekend, well, the weekend they are, you sort of had the other other side of the coin. So uh, they're on Oberliga side, right? Yeah,
0: so... Oberliga, yeah. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're Oberliga, which Oberliga. I think what you're going to get onto is that I was we having watched the Pokal on the weekend, you see like Bundesliga, Svarts Bundesliga teams coming up against Oberliga sides. And sort of giving them a, a decent enough result. I mean, I mean, P- Paderborn beat one overleagued side, ten uh, one. Um, but you know, like the it, it's strange to think that I that I was playing against a team that could have it, it had things gone differently, been playing, been drawn against a Bundesliga team in the Pokal. Um, and like you say, I mean, I, I've always been a big proponent of the fact that footballers are a lot better at football than like, people believe they are. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, there's a lot of, a lot of criticism of uh why players don't do things exactly how fans expect them to but uh you yeah, know to become a professional footballer is um what well, it goes without saying is um it's very very difficult difficult to do and even players that are, that are playing at so professional level um in in Germany in a city like Hamburg which is full of footballing talent um they obviously they're obviously going to be very good at football which uh I can personally testify um first hand
2: the, po- well, the point I was actually going to make was about the is result that you get those ridiculously high score lines between like first and second tier teams and teams at that, that level. So you think oh, like they must be hopeless almost, but then when you have when you have the same gap between the like the fifth tier teams and below that, you realise the the margins between the leagues like how how even how good you must be even to get to a semi professional
0: level i suppose yeah no for sure i mean like um uh, yeah, i mean we probably didn't have the most idea of pre-seasons only playing twice and Then we had we had a game like 40 hours before um the victoria game which was a win actually um but um i think the what uh, sort of our state state the obvious, the fitness is obviously a pretty significant uh difference i mean we were at halftime we were probably ready to uh, to To ha- have a shower and tuck ourselves into bed, to be honest, um, they we were just uh, running, running the whole time. But um, but no, like I said, over overall, just a um a very good experience, to be honest.
2: That's uh, always interesting to hear about, not, not just that the ground hopping side of things, but the fact that we've got someone that actually plays in the, in the German pyramid and can. There's the possibility of coming up against. Uh, a team that you have seen before, which is, is quite strange, uh, and visited the ground. So it's always an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would like to make one point. Um, I would like to out my fellow co-host? Um, obviously, like I said the, the support of um of uh, Robert and Roy was um uh, was was invaluable as I was uh you know being put through my paces by um by by the the lads from Victoria obviously it was a i i threw my uh my trico into into the crowd of roy holding up a Balakrishna, giving me a dad tricot bitter um cardboard uh cut out thing i obliged um i said uh roy are you gonna stick around for a beer after me and he was like nah nah i think i'm gonna go home yeah you know, gonna go to bed catch an early night only to see uh classes over his instagram story at the early hours that he's uh Entertaining two nice ladies, but um, you know that maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll move on. Maybe we'll move on.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll let Roy answer that for himself when he's he's back on, give him a chance to defend himself for that poor show. Sure. But uh, the main reason we were uh, meeting up today for a podcast is uh, having a go at some predictions for the new Bundesliga season and. Um, if you know our predictions, sometimes we have some wild shouts, mainly from Roy, but if you listen to the Pokal predictions last week, then you'll you know that sometimes we get it right. I mean Braunschweig, Lubeck, Jan
0: Regensburg, the Elfberg, Elf. The Elf. I and I, I said that with chest, I was pretty confident and yeah, they pulled off. I thought you were lying. I thought you were uh,
2: you were lying when you said oh they're called uh, the elf, but then I saw it. <laughs> I watched the highlights and I saw their flag in the corner and I said DL. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, name, yes. <laughs> quite impressed by that knowledge. I thought it was just a, 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 poor, a poorly attempted joke. Uh, but they came out in the end. And I think that's, that's a good start to the season. They've had this 5-1 win in the league, 4-3 win against the Leverkusen in the Cup. And they're, they're in the running for promotion next season. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the top league And I think last year in our our preview, we went through every team sort of individually and that is interesting, but it's probably a bit more time consuming. So we're just going to go through some categories and just areas of the table just to start with. Naturally, I think we're going to start with the top four. So interesting to hear George's thoughts about this. I suppose the big question this year is, are we going to see another winner of the Bundesliga or the more boring answer probably but probably more realistic option of a 11th straight title for
0: Bayern um well this is this is a topic um, a question that I've been uh, sort of grappling with myself over for the the, the the last month or two um but you know I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a confident guy I'm confident in my own opinions. Uh, so I've I've got I've got B4B to um to win it uh, on the last match day. Um, I feel like now they've probably got the best chance to win the league than they probably have since 2017. Um, you know I think it's really I'm not sure if it's gone under the radar or if it's um has been talked about enough, but I think the signing of um not just Schlotterbeck and Nikola Zula, but also Sally Uzchan to um solidify the defensive um end of of b is really really important I mean last year 52 goals conceded that was the joint ninth uh, in the league um so that's actually the same amount of goals that that Bochum conceded to put it out of perspective um they've also got uh, Matteo Morey coming back people forget how how uh, you know what he's Got potential as a player, you know. Obviously, coming from Barcelona, then getting that injury at at Kiel two two seasons ago in the Pokal. I think if they if they can yeah can shore up the defensive side of things, then I am personally of the of the opinion that the the going forward things will take care of themselves. I mean, obviously, the um, very unfortunate news of Sebastian Haller means there might be left without traditional. Nine, but I think between Adiemi, uh, Marlin, and Marlon actually looked very good in the cup against um, 1860. I think he's probably going to kick on this year. People forget that Yusuf Makoku is still there. Um, I, I actually not 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 to name drop, but I, I was speaking to him about his injury when I was at um, at Dortmund, and he said he was feeling fitter than ever, and I'm I'm really excited to see how Dortmund use him. And then I think what was always been the case in in recent years with Dortmund is the way they're supported by their midfield, so the likes of you know, Bellingham, Royce, Julian Brandt chipping in with uh, with goals along the way. I think they should be just fine going forward. It's just a matter of, you know, if, if Schlosserbeck and Zula and Salius Chan and, you know, Emre Chan and the two sort of defensive midfield positions with, you know, Jude just marshalling it all. Um, I'm very, very excited to see how that all comes together. Especially, uh, I I've, I feel like there's been there's very split opinion on the, the Edin Terzic thing. A lot of people... Are very critics seems to be very critical of the fact that they went for Marco Rosa, uh, and then did and did, or didn't keep Terzic on, went for Marco Rosa, and then sacked um Rosa, then have got Terzic back in. Um, I'm kind of not, I'm, I'm not really off that sort of um thought process. I mean, you can't really blame uh, if you saw Gladbach at the time that they appointed the, him they were actually a very good side. They got a lot worse when he made that decision to leave. Um, there was no real reason as to why he wasn't going to be a good gaffer. And I still don't think he actually did that bad of a job, to be honest. And they kept Terzic in, you know, they kept him in the building, so to say, um, as in his sort of technical role, um, you know, and he, He's yeah he's he's knows if I head out he's you know he's from Dortmund he's a he's a Dortmunder young and they always knew that he was going to be there um supporting and if that, that came to be that he was going to be the the first team coach one day then he was always going to take that so I actually quite like that they, they've they've kept her there they've brought him back in I don't think it's I, I see see sort of the way in the Pokal when Dortmund won the Pokal the way that the squad didn't get any better obviously but they just seem to rally around him as a coach more because you know he's you know he's worked with the academy he's worked all the way up in the scouting department um with the first team and now's the first team coach um I feel like he's someone who can really get the um the, the, the team to rally around him you know even you know, in the absence of maybe a um a typical um nine um so yeah I've, I've I do have have, have B4B to, to win the title um like I said I'm not obviously 100% confident in that, but that's what I would like to see and what I, I think is is probably more probable than in the last few years.
2: I, I was more confident about Dortmund until the unfortunate Alia situation, I suppose. I felt like they'd got the recruitment spot on. I do think it would take time to gel with them uh, with so many signs. And there are still weaknesses in the team, you know, at full-backs. Um, are still certainly weak defensively. I know they were looking at Rome, but they lost out um, to Leipzig on him. He would have been a really good sign for them. Uh, either way, without Ale being out, I wasn't going to consider them being title favourites. have still going for Bayern in that respect. Uh, I think a lot of folk have been focusing on Dortmund's recruitment, but Bayern's has been really strong. Like the left, Mane, who's I think a really important signing for the Bundesliga, eh, Sadio Mane, because the loss of Lewandowski and Haaland, I think in terms of the league's um, international stature, are just a massive loss. So it's really good to to have a player like that move into the league, making the move from Liverpool to Bayern rather than the other way about. It's quite refreshing to see someone move the Premier League to the Bundesliga. I've gone for Bayern first. I've actually gone for Dortmund to
0: finish third. Uh, because one, one, one thing though, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't really, dis- I wouldn't really agree that that their transfer business has been that good. I personally, I'm personally thoroughly of the of the opinion that the Nicholas Zulu is, is a better defender than, than Matthias De Ligt at this point in time. I mean, Zulu's only twenty six. I think people seem to think that he's older than he is. Um, De doesn't even doesn't exactly had the best few years um, at, at Juventus and Zula is a, a player that obviously knows the Bundesliga a lot better. I mean, there's no arguing with the fact that that Sadio Mane um, is a great signing and I will probably come on to him more. when We talk about some of our predictions for your yeah, best signing and top score, et cetera. But um, I, I do think like signing a signing a 17 year old with um, seven league on appearances for 30 million euros does sort of scream that they're that they're kind of panicking a little bit because they they're obviously in this completely new era of Bayern. Um we've spoke about before about Sadi Hamasic and-, and Oli Khan trying to take Bayern into a new era which is kinda of signaled by Lewandowski leaving. I uh, I feel like they I feel like in, in but this time next year they're gonna think that letting Zulu go bringing Delict was was probably a, a backward step, which which may 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 cost them the title.
2: Well We'll have to wait and see. I, I don't know. I just look at the squad and feel like it just looks a bit more filled out now than previous. I think what you could say with Bayern before is that they had such a great first eleven, but the the bench wasn't always the, the strongest. But I know feel like their extra signings like uh, Gravenberg as well, midfield. Um, squad just looks a bit a bit stronger. And um, to be fair, I'm I'm not really I'm not the, I'm not the best um, expert on other leagues, so De Ligt, I, I've not really watched much Serie. A. I'll I'll, um, I'll take your word that he's uh, he's not particularly good or hasn't been particularly good for Juventus.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I never said he's not particularly good. I just said that. Well, I I I just I, it might be more of a reflection of how highly I, I rate Nicolas Zula to be honest. And how, how, how versatile he is in a bag for, in a bag for. I think that he, that he's, he's a better defender than, than Matthias Delict right now, especially when you consider um, the um, how much money Bayern paid for De licht. So that's, that's, that's my two cents on that, anyway. How much did they spend for him? I believe it was 80 million euros.
2: Oh. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Panic mode, panic buying after Lewandowski leaves. Yeah, see, you're forced me around to the, your point of view, but I, I just feel a, a cynicism with Dortmund that they disappoint every year. On paper, the squad has much improved, particularly in the centre-back options. Uh, I would just feel far more confident about them with uh, Allaire being fit and ready to start. But, I mean, the, there could be other players that step up like Mal and looked really impressive in the Pokal. A second season, he could he could come good, and they've obviously got the, the midfield options as well that are, can chip in with goals. Uh, but I, I'd gone for Dortmund and third, and Leipzig in second, um, sort of similar to reasons reasons that I'd gone for for them being Pokal favourites in my eyes, just like improve, improved really until the end of the season where they sort of dropped out of the Europa League, sort of lost a few games in the um, the Bundesliga. Yeah, but they'd look; they just looked a totally different team under him, and the, they haven't really got weaker in terms of the squad. And the, and the saying of Schlager is quite quite astute. See, so yeah, other also talk of uh, Timo Werner returning. I'm not sure. And what you what you make of that as a, a Chelsea fan?
0: Yeah, when as I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I'd be pretty disappointed. Um, I mean, I read today that um, Leipzig are open in their interest in, in Timo Werner, obviously, but they, they've they also set, added um, that they are not anywhere near signing him um, above all because of the, the price tag that Chelsea still have on him um, and the fact that the Tuchel still wants to keep him. Um, I think I'm not actually entirely sure that Leipzig need Timo Werner, but... Um, yeah, but just to make this clear, I've got Dortmund first, Bayern second, and Leipzig third. Um, but I do think that uh, part of me does think Leipzig could even finish higher. I do think that the momentum they finished in finishing last season, and obviously winning the Pokal, and they it is it. This is probably the first season you've said in the in the, the very obviously the very long existence of um, of RB Leipzig that uh, they haven't sold one of their best players um, in, in in the window. Um, they actually haven't really lost any of their starting eleven. Um, obviously and Kunku was the one that you were thinking was probably gonna leave. Um he's um he's signing a new contract um and yeah, added quality and in the form of and yeah, David Raubin, obviously looking to get Timo Werner. Key one will probably be now if they can manage to keep um Joshko Guardiol for the whole of the uh the out for the for the window, probably keep him for another season. And I, I think I think they'll be very strong as 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 of all these previews, the more the more we talk, the more I, th- I could talk myself out of my own prediction. But yeah, I've, I've I've still got leipzig third. I'll move on so you don't. Um what
2: about, what about fourth? I mean I, I think there's an obvious example, but I've i uh, I'm actually gonna say who it is. I've been flip-flopping all day but who I go, I've gone for fourth. I'm gonna say Freiburg. I you know, they started they actually had them seventh, but now they've moved up to fourth. Because I'm i just looking at their signings. I mean, uh, it's not not really any longer a surprise to see in like European conversation, you know, they finished sixth last season, they're in the Europa League. Um but they've just they've strengthened the squad. Um they didn't really have any stars to begin with, so it's not like they were at risk of losing to many of the players, their um, higher performers like uh, Vincenzo Grifo. They've added to that, like Gregorich, who had always been a bit of an inconsistent performer at Augsburg, but he had a really good season last year. I think it'll be a big loss to them. Then you've got Ritsu Dohan, who we saw at Bielefeld a couple of seasons ago, who's already made his mark scoring that free kick against Kaiserslautern in the Pokal. I think he'll be a really good option. Then I've got, like, got Matthias Ginter, who could have moved to a number of clubs in Europe, but chose Freiburg. probably... I mean, I think he's one of my favourite signings this summer. Um, I think the only doubt I had would be because of the European fixtures. Smaller German clubs in Europe quite often don't do too well in the actual competition. So there is a chance that Freiburg would go out in the Europa League, um, which obviously be a negative for them, but it might help them in the league campaign if they are in a European push. Uh, they, they have... Added to the numbers in the squad, like Daniel Kofi, Daniel mm-hmm. Kofi Kerry as well is a squad option. up from to league. I don't think he'd be a starter, but he is a good option for them in terms of rotation. So I, I just see them under strike at this point. It, it's it'd be more of a surprise not to see in the top seven, but I think they can push further than that and go forth.
0: Yeah, that's my right. that's my. Freiburg do just continue to prove that they 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 do everything pretty much everything right. I mean, like um, what I liked so much was when it was pretty obvious that it was, it was pretty obvious most of the season that they were going to lose Nico Schlotterbeck, and they managed to get Matthias Kinter in um, on a free pretty much before yeah, before the season was even over. They had him signed on for the next year, um, and I said i of very excited to see um, Rissa Dewan back in back in the Bundesliga. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've got Freiburg in seventh, but I think, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't find them in fourth too, too offensive. I said to you before we started recording that I think I've got three, I've got three kind of predictions, which, um, which are maybe uh, a bit shocking. So in, in fourth, I've actually got Eintracht Frankfurt. I thought that there's, there's, there's like a bit of a, I don't want to say a trend, but, a hype at the moment around Bayer Leverkusen. A lot of people are like, are suggesting that by Leverkusen could finish as high as second or even first, um, which I don't, I don't, I don't particularly understand myself. I mean, um, you saw that they are very reliant. They're reliant on essentially their, their, their front free of Vietz, Diaby and Schick. And we saw last season uh, when Vietz got injured, um, that their form dropped pretty significantly. Uh Vietz isn't gonna start the season. And if I think if one of DRB or shit got injured, then they would really struggle to score goals. Uh, I don't see them as an especially defensively um sound um team either. Of <laughs> you know, uh Tarn Tap Sober doesn't I don't see him as especially confident defense. But that so that's that that's why that's what I'm talking Leverkusen out of the top four. Um but to talk Eintracht Frankfurt into uh, into the top four, I just think there's just a very good feeling uh, around Eintracht. I mean, obviously they're in pot one of the Champions League. I, I don't think. I mean, they said that they want to either progress the Champions League or, or finish third and go into the Europa League. I, I don't think that would be. I don't believe that would hurt the league form too much. They're quite a big squad, and I think, I think Dortmund have probably made a mistake by um, loaning uh, Ansgar Knauf out one more year to Frankfurt. Um, he's it he was really really impressive, especially in the Europa League last year. And then you've got Mario Götze; he's got an unlimited potential. Well, how he could be, how good he could be, and you just feel like he's a very good fit. I um, attract the right kind of environment for him to, um, you know, thrive. And with with Oliver Glasner, Goetze has talked about a lot of the time about he needs a, a manager that's probably going to look after him. Um, for example, for example, basically what he had with Jurgen Klopp, and I feel like he could have that relationship with Oliver Glasner. And then, you know, we've got players, a lot of players with, with young players with potential, like Farid do, et cetera. Um, but the key for them is that they probably are going to be able to finish this transfer window without losing one of um, Ndika, Kostic or Kamada. I do believe that it's been said that if they didn't win the Europa League, one of these three would have to go. They're probably going to be their three most valuable players. Um, and Kostic keeps getting linked to West Ham. Um, I, I can't really understand why you'd go to West Ham if you're just qualified. The Champions League with Frankfurt, um, I, re, I do really. I think if they can keep those three and you know go to to play as well, and yeah, still got a you know, very very good goalkeeper and Kevin Trap um, that they that they um, that they could finish fourth. I mean obviously they start the season against Bayern and then they've got the Super Cup against Real Madrid, so it doesn't get too much harder than that. But. Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, definitely locking in Eintracht Frankfurt in, in, in fourth place.
2: I don't think it's that outrageous. I had, they had been one of the three teams I'd i that sort of gone between them, Freiburg, and Leverkusen for fourth. Um, I, I think a lot of people would do forget that they ended up finishing in the bottom half last season. Just, I think the Europe Europa League win masked over that a bit, but. They have both of the squad, and like you say, they've not lost players. That's the key. I think mean, particularly Kostic, like such a massive player. It seems to be every summer he gets linked with clubs. I feel like I've seen him linked with Inter Milan every year, for like the last like three pre-seasons. But as as time goes on, it seems more likely they're going to keep him, which is great. I mean, I don't don't see why you'd want to leave a club like Frankfurt with the support that they have. When they're in the Champions League, it's something that you'd really want to experience as a player. Um, so I, I do like the squad. Um, they do have the Champions League to uh, contend with, which could set them back a bit in the league. Uh, but I do like the additions, like Gutzah. I think Alario was also quite a decent addition, you know, a player that has experience in Europe. You know, he was always... It, never really a regular starter at Leverkusen but I always thought he, he did a decent job when he came in sort of played second fiddle to, to Patrick Schick but remember Schick was injured at the start of last season and he, he came in and filled in and scored a few goals so he, he's always there to step in and you've got, they've got Bore as well up front so the, the, they do have some really good options obviously they have to cope with the loss of Hinteregger so a bit of a blow for them um, but, but I think they're I think they are in a good place to, to have a, a, another decent season in the league this time as well. Uh, they did look really impressive against Magdeburg. I don't know how much you can really factor in that. Magdeburg looked really dodgy at the back. Um, they were pretty open. Um, obviously, a second-division team, but they, they they handled them with ease when that looked like a really tricky game for them. Um, so I thought that was encouraging for them. So. That, I do think Frankfurt are set for a good season. I've gone for them in sixth. That I mean, we've covered the top four. They are sort of slightly covered uh, fifth, to seventh, which is really my next category. Uh, well, I've covered my uh, sixth place and I track Frankfurt. We've covered them. Um, I suppose that these European spots are a bit more open. I mean, there's a number of clubs that could fill these places. You've seen throughout the years fifth, to seventh. It's quite often an area for a surprise package to come in and. Have a, a one off season where well, I mean FT Cone last year, finished seventh. Not something a lot of people would have foreseen beforehand. Um so last season was when you're sort of covered in Cullen. Can you see any of
0: those clubs in this area of the table challenging again? Um Cone, uh, not so much, just because I question how long the 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 sort of very very intense style of play that they play under uh, Stefan Baumgart is is going to be possible for, um, and just because like the the not a very g- good squad really, um, they were, they massively overperformed last year, having massively underperformed the year before. So I see them just being, you know, pretty safe not getting relegated, but I don't see them competing, especially when you think that I mean a something we'll probably talk about I feel like a lot of teams are gonna improve on what they did last year. I feel like that one of the reasons why a team at Köln did so well last year is because certain teams, including the one we're gonna mention now, Wolfsburg, like massively underperformed. So I've actually got Wolfsburg in sixth. Um about eighty percent of that is do of Niko Kovac, to be honest. Um I think Volsberg
2: can I stop you there? I, I remember um, I remember at the end of last season that you said the complete opposite and that you thought Volksburg would have a Yeah, early shout for our next season was that volksberg were gonna underperform due to Nico Kovac coming in.
0: Yeah, no, no, I I, I do remember saying that, but I, that's because I thought that he wasn't gonna be able to deal with um the the, the players and the 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 um the expectation. However, since that's happened, Colin, um he seems to have firstly dealt with the issue when I do characterize him an issue of, of Max um, you know For example, he's said pretty clearly he's not going to start the season. Um, he, I, just, I haven't thought about it more. I feel like he's going to be able to probably get the best out of him as well um, and get him to just not be a, a pain in the ass uh, like he was being last year. And potentially not look so overweight the whole time. And also, um, you see, he's kind of he's like outlawed, um, uh, exiled, more like um, uh, Pongracic, who was who's been kicking up a fuss recently. And as you see the way that Kovac is speaking to the media about that issue, you can kind of see that he's uh, he's he's running a tight ship at Wolfsburg and he's actually he's actually uh, stamping his authority um, with yeah, pr- pretty impressively. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, there is the, the there is the 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 stain of what happened at Bayern on, on his record, but um, I the more the more I think about it, um, the, the more I think that Wolfsburg have actually done very well uh, for once in in sort of the Toronto window when it, if that if that includes getting a Kubat probably probably by far the best coach they could have got in, and you do forget because of like how terrible they were in the last couple of seasons, well, especially last year that um, they actually do have a lot of quality in the team. I mean, uh Castillo is a very solid base. We 10 clean sheets in the league last year. which was just the league best. I mean, Maxon Slocrois had a very, very poor season last year, having had a very good season the year before. He's still only 22. Um, we hope that he can refine his form. Um, yeah, Maxi Arnold has been named the new captain of of, um, of Father Wolfsburg. Um, he's still a, a lot of talent. In the likes of Luca Walschmidt, for example. Um, I think uh, across the defensive line, you got a lot of talent um, at Wolfsburg. Um, yeah, I think that I, I just think that Kovac, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this just because I was there, but I did feel like the the, um, the atmosphere and the players and around Wolfsburg at a club when I was there was a lot more positive than I expected it to be, um, especially because it's located in Wolfsburg, and I, I wouldn't. Be able to be in that spirits if, if i had to live there um but no i'm uh i i feel like indeed to, to contradict my my two-month-old not, not, not my two-month-old self myself from two months ago um i don't think two, two-month-old myself had too many opinions on on volsburg and Nihil um but no i think i think that they're going to finally be a bit more stable um a stable uh, figure in the, in the Bundesliga. That's why I've actually got him above Freiburg because I just feel like Kobe okay, actually going to come in, put his foot down on 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 the boat, um, the Volkswagen boat, and just steady the ship. You know. So you have gone for Volkswagen
2: sixth then?
0: Volkswagen sixth, Freiburg and seventh.
2: Right, right. I'm agree. I'm in agreement with you. That is, uh, I'm in agreement I'm in agreement with August. The August version of you, and not the. The, the June version of you. I see them as a, a decent squad, capable of a lot better than what we saw last season, really for many of the reasons that you said. When I mean, they've got Kovacs coming in, who most Bundesliga fans will think of as Bayern reign, but considering how well he did with Frankfurt beforehand, um, should be more indicative of a club. Of his um, abilities with this sort of, club's ambitions um and then they they've got players that are capable of uh, rediscovering previous form like Riedel baku and LaCroix sort of some else he mentions and they've got they've got players sort of coming in as well you know Vimar uh, who can develop a good young player from Bielefeld yeah, too great. yeah worked.
0: that's 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 a big big fan of that Sonny.
2: Yeah had had some really good flashes at Bielefeld, just what it wasn't the right team for him I don't think. Just a team pretty pretty
0: poor going forward who couldn't really see the best of his abilities. Also speak- got- Patrick Vimbeross who speaks with uh, one of the most uh, uh, strong Austrian accents uh, you'll ever hear. Um it's, actually, it's, it's, quite, it's quite amusing, but um that's not to detract from his from his ability as an excellent footballer. Who I, and I hope I hope um, I hope he hope <laughs> he does well with Osbox, yeah. Is
2: it- Yeah, he was a nice guy, from what
0: he said, wasn't he? He Yeah, extremely nice. One of the nicest Wolfsburg, actually. uh, Um, I did, but I said I thought I thought he was joking with his accent. Um, I thought he was, (laughs) but but then I kept talking. That's actually that's. Um, did the club where he's from? It's like an hour north of Vienna. Um, but yeah, um, Vimpsey is what he calls himself. Um, but yeah, no. (laughs) Nice guy, but that's beside, <laughs> beside the point. <laughs> Plenty of nice guys out there, It was
2: quite. quite funny when you hear them uh, in the Hunt Because um, I used to hear in German speak German, see like uh, Urs Fischer, what he sounds like. Mm. He's got like a really, really, really strong accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's fascinating, yeah. They like fascinating Austrian players and coaches. Um, that's that. That's. I'll be. I'll be listening to for that next time I hear Vimar speak. And um, what was the other player I was going to talk about? Um, Mar is another player they've got mm. coming back with Norwich to Stuttgart, Who I, I always thought was quite a frustrating player, but mm. he, he has come on. I think in the last year, getting a getting some top flight experience under his belt, and should be a good squad option for them as he continues to develop and a better. Probably in better circumstances this time. Sort of similar to Bimmer involved in a relegation battle. Yeah. You're not always going to see the best of attacking players in that scenario. So if you're in a team that's chasing the top seven, then he's got more opportunity to show uh, what his talents really are. Uh, Definitely. So I, I, I don't think... Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Wolfsburg. I'm, I've gone for them to be, to be seventh. So... You have gone, yeah. You have gone for Leverkusen fifth. Was that right?
0: Leverkusen fifth, Wolfsburg sixth, and Freiburg seventh.
2: Right. Leverkusen fifth, Frankfurt sixth, Volkswagen seventh. So not too dissimilar. Is um, mm-hmm. that 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 covers the top seven? Um, good good analysis there. Going to jump all the way to the bottom three now. Um, our favourite subject of um, the Abstergo's camp for, for next season. Bottom three is pro- probably the category with the the greatest um, greatest possibilities, like the most number of potential candidates. Because I, I think really from really any team that we've not currently mentioned could get relegated before sure.
0: half league. Yeah, this this is the fun category.
2: Definitely. So, do you have any bold shouts here for? Well, for teams do you want to
0: do you want to go from uh, uh, the playoff place to, to the bottom, or bottom to the playoff place?
2: Go for a playoff place. Start start with the start with the best and end with the worst.
0: Um. So, my my in my uh, playoff place, and it actually really pains me to say this. Um, mm. Colin did a suggest that my my one of my more bolder predictions would be based on something that I would want to happen. This is quite the opposite. My uh, bold prediction is that William um, Berlin will uh, land in the um, in the relegation play. Yeah, Collins in the choked on his tea there or um, his water from his uh, from his stadion Becher. from um, Farbe Stuttgart. Who's that on the front there?
2: That is Takuma Asano.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He he, he um, was telling I'm me confused. telling me all about um he, how how often he goes to Düsseldorf um from Bochum for uh, the um, Japanese food.
2: Oh he was, yeah, yeah. He
0: was telling me there's a, a very good like Japanese barbecue place in Düsseldorf that he goes to. I'm sure,
2: Düsseldorf has like,
0: the highest Japanese mm. place yeah in Europe or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. takura was saying the same thing. It's yeah, so it's probably wise. Ended ended up uh, back back over that way after Schalke needs he, his fix of uh, of Japanese food, but uh, that's not what we're, we're here to talk about. We're Not here to talk about the, the culinary experience of Düsseldorf or anywhere else in uh, in 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 NIV. Um Yeah, Union Berlin back to the capital. Um, I feel like I feel my, my reasoning is here. Everything that goes up has to come down at one point, and there's no there's no two ways about that. Union Berlin um have been riding a real high in the last in the last two years since their uh since their promotion to the Bundesliga. Um they have yeah by far exceeded ex- expectations um to the extent they'll be playing Europa League next year with the fifth with the the fifth least uh valuable squad um in the league. Um they have lost Tower Awani to Nottingham Forest. Um, and replacing him with um, Sibichu from uh, Young Boys Burn, which I would argue when you sell a player for €20 million, Euros, you should be replacing him with better, a better striker than that, um, especially because uh, Union don't have a, a, a million ways to score goals. Um, and I feel like the if you look at the squad, if, if you if you actually just look at the squad and forget about how well they've done in the last few years, they they don't have a lot of quality. They've they've been they've done very well for playing un, un, under under Oz Fisher. Um I feel like they've got they they look like a squad that in, but to me they look like a squad that has done very well to get promoted from the Spider Bundesliga or is, is hanging around to the um I think that policies really weirdly.
2: That summer. I, I thought the same last summer. I thought I remember our preview last year I thought Union would do would certainly fall away from where they were in the previous season because they just seem to it, it seems to be filling the score of numbers rather than quality. They've done the same this year. Like sort of they often go for twice league of players or they've gone for the players from relegated teams like from Groyfurt, right um, Labelling and what's his name? Seguin. Yeah, and then the yeah. perform Yeah. players that are only really gonna they're, they're hoping to over overperform. I think, and I suppose that has a sort of, sort of similar to what you're saying. with McQueen has a, a limited lifespan. Yeah, particularly when you're going to be in
0: Europe as well. Yeah, and like if you look at like well, I mean tr- Trimmel's now thirty five. Um, the I mean yeah, Kroche is thirty. Uh, then if I mean if you look at the strikers, they got Sven. yeah, Sven Michel's another example of what you were saying about spider Bundesliga players that they that they sign. He's thirty-two. Kevin Behrens, thirty-one. Fogo another example of the the Zweiter Bundesliga mold. He's thirty. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm really not saying they're a poor team. I just feel like they 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 have they must have one of the oldest teams in the Bundesliga. Um I think yeah, I think promo a really big mess as well. Yeah, and Promo to, to Hoffenheim on a free as well. Um and I just feel like if you lose if you lose at um, was our, our knee for uh, for 20 million to replace him with um a 26 year old from the the Swiss League, um as much as we love the Swiss League on this podcast, I feel like shows a little bit of a lack of ambition or a little bit of um, just... And I, I can I can hear, I can already, I, I can imagine, you know, Kyle listening to this and and uh, his opinion of me going going down straight away. But um, I feel like it, it, it's it been... The thing that everyone's not really spoken about in the Bundesliga, that event that Udijon can't just keep going up and up, which they have done so far. And, you know, the Europa League's a grueling competition. Um, you, you know, we want to, you get... Sent on matches all you know, to the most remote places of Europe, um, and I, I question with such an old squad with a squad of not a lot of quality if this might be the, the, their time to to come back down off, off the ride.
2: Interesting that I certainly wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to go for something else there. I, I can see your arguments. I, I don't think. I don't think they're going to fall as far as the bottom three. I, I can't see them maintaining their, their current claim. There isn't really any further room for them to go up. I mean, they've gone from what was it? Was it seventh two seasons ago? And then fifth last season. The the the, the claim isn't going to continue. And after losing Alany and, and Pruell particularly obviously Luta as well, and goal. We even made a few errors last season. Who is their keeper next season? Is it, is it Ronald?
0: Yeah. Who um who told me that he doesn't like football. It's <laughs> a good start.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, well I, I'm not so pessimistic, but I could see them sort of nine round about ninth place. that's what I think. But maybe I've just become brainwashed by the idea that they're always going to punch above their weight in the, in the top half of the table. Um, but I, I think the squad the squad probably is quite high in terms of numbers but it, it could do with some more quality particularly with the players that they've lost. Um, but my 16th place is from the same city. It's from Hertha which are, I can see being second best in Berlin again, which it probably isn't too much of a surprise considering my um, Pokal prediction for the first round for them to lose to Braunschweig. I I sort of covered that last week. I probably don't need to go into so much depth, um, but it's sort of similar. I think the squad still was too many of the the wrong sorts of characters uh, on big wages. They have got rid of some of those players, but you saw last season that some of the, the same failings continue. Dedrick Boy, I think have been away a penalty for about the 10th time I've seen in the spell in the Bundesliga. It's just... At least they're taking the captaincy off him. Oh, that's all I can say. They've given it to, to Marvin Plattenhart. and Hart. Uh, I, I still don't think they'll get enough quality. I mean, going forward, Davies Elke had a, a decent goal against Brunswick, but I, I think they still need a, a replacement striker. Uh, not always going to, be to rely on given governor's injury record um, the defensive failing seemed to continue losing all those goals to Braunschweig who one of the one of the weakest if not the weakest side in Vital Liga, was extremely concerning and you saw the complacency set in after they'd gone 2-0 up and then not even not even just that going ahead in extra time and still chucking away a lead so I I can see Hertha
0: finishing in the same spot that they did last season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have too many, too many arguments um, with that. I, it, part of me feels like that Hertha at one point are going to have to get a little bit better. When um, you never know with the new new manager Sandro Schwartz, if. Uh, if they, he might get some sort of impetus, I mean, it, it's it, it's not it couldn't be set up better with with the the derby on the first day of the season um, between uh, Haute and Union. Um, we'll probably say a lot about our predictions how that game goes. Um Yeah, I feel like it it wouldn't
2: would be. I, I, think I, want them to do, I think i do want them to improve their season. I think particularly they're going a different way, an interesting group with uh, the president um Pai, Bernstein, the former ultra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd quite like the, the club under his leadership go a different way, particularly like the, what you've seen the failures of the last few years when they've, they've tried to go for the whole investor route, yeah, and it's totally high-fired on them. And I, I think it would be a it would be nice for the fans to see them they, they turn 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 themselves around under uh, Bernstein and Bobic as well, who. Seen so much success at Frankfurt, he once seen turn around at Hertha as well. Yeah, I think the, not... the
0: the important thing about the new president is that he seems to have um seems to have put the expectations a bit more in line with reality. I mean, um, he has pretty much been accepted that all the money that uh, Lars Vintorst has invested is pretty much gone now. Um, that's been 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 written off, um, and uh, it uh, it seems to have been that the new president has also made clear to Bobich, um and to Sandra Schwartz and all the, all the stakeholders in, in Hertha that, that if, if there is money available, that it's, they're not going to try and um, you know, there's, there's not going to be any more like a hundred million Euro transfer windows um, at any progress they make is going to be the gradual progress. Um, so I feel like how to are going to uh, this, this year should aim, aim for mid table, um, and maybe a bit more of a yeah, an alignment of their of their goals with, with yeah with reality might actually help them um, in not falling so so drastically down the table as, as they have done in the last in the last seasons.
2: Yeah, I think I think that it suits their position a bit more rather than the last few years the whole big city club thing, which I probably suck here in my mouth. Um, so that's. Either the Berlin clubs in the sixteenth going by our predictions. What about seventeenth?
0: Um this one this one I'm not uh, this one I will say hesitantly put in there, but I've put i put in in. Um I feel like they have been very confident in the way that they have really hardly strengthened their side in with much Bundesliga experience. Um yeah, obviously, uh, <laughs> the addition of Lee Buchanan um, should be uh, <laughs> should be one to watch, along with um, Ollie Burke, and so. But yeah, I mean, really the, the only the only real money uh, they spent was four million on um, Jens Stager from um, Copenhagen. Um, unsure how that will go, obviously, because I have no idea who he is, um, if, in all honesty. Um, that, but you know, the, it's not like you see it would to use Union Berlin as an example, they have always gone with the tactic of signing players with bonus experience, you know, with knowledge with of the league, all, with older heads. Whereas Bremen seems to be banking on uh what they they, they had for their promotion season, um, and and backing um Oliveira. Um, so yeah, I'll be, I just Feel like they're not gonna have the, yeah, I mean, I I just feel like they're not gonna have the quality and potentially lacking some experience. Um, although they still obviously do have quite a lot of the the players that were there when they got relegated, but that's I mean, is that po- positive experience or not? I'm not I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I've got Brain to go straight back down.
2: Jane do Dux can step up.
0: Yeah, I think he should. I think I think him and him and Fulkrog is a pretty it's like it's a very, very good Spider-Liga attack um between the two of them. Um but yeah, it's it's uh it's the sort of it's the Simon Toroto conundrum, isn't it? A bit a little mm-hmm. bit um interesting to see. I mean it, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens with Dux. But I feel like I feel like the league is obviously stronger this year than it was last year. There's not, there's not as many like six, seven goals to add to your goal difference by beating Foot this year. Um, yeah, and Bremen, might struggle with that. But like I so said, I do put them in hesitantly because I, uh, because I, I feel like I, I, I was basically toying between putting them or Schalke in there, and I, I ended up, I ended up going for for Bremen.
2: Back on Schalke.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's a very nice, very nice <laughs> symmetry to this. If I were playing with Schalke,
2: and uh, unlike you, I've uh, stuck to my. I think, I believe that was my uh, early prediction from the end of last season that Schalke would go back down. Uh, like the the main reasoning for that was the budgetary issues and lack of signings that could potentially be be brought in, uh, not managing to bring in Itakura on a permanent deal. Uh, I just, I, I feel like saying Poulter is a bit of a warning sign for them. I don't think he's the kind of player they should be should be going for. Uh, you know, the wrong side of 30. He did well. He's only really had one consistencies in the top flight, and that was in the Bochum team um, where he fit well into the system but he didn't get 10 goals last season I think it was uh, but whether he can replicate that with Schalke another matter it's so obviously a question marks over to I'd love to see him hit double figures in the Bundesliga I don't think he's a poor Bundesliga striker Like he's I'd like to see him have a I think I said this at the end of last season as well I'd like to see him have a full season as a starter in the Bundesliga and see how many goals he gets because uh, I, I feel like in the past campaigns, he's you know, he started off as the main striker, but then he's not really hit the ground running. So he's fallen out of favour, you know, at Köln, at Stuttgart. He ended up getting sold in January, I remember, during that season. So I'd like to see him being the main striker. That the team's still built around him. Um, but there is still a question mark about whether he can, he can deliver at this level on a consistent basis. But I think mainly for the coaching, the coaching decision, hiring Kramer, desperately trying to get his name right, Frank Cramer. I've, I've said, said that first name wrong many Um And I know our next category is, is first to the sack. I'm just going to say, right well, now, it, it's Frank Cramer. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not really any explanation needed. I don't know, it's Bielefeld side totally lost spirit at the end, you know, just getting relegated by a total whimper. And I don't really see why after that, Schalke went for him. It just seems like a, a strange, a strange candidate to go for. Maybe indicative of the lack of options, you know, the high turnover, become a bit of a poison chalice. Maybe a lot of coaches don't really want to consider Schalke as an option. I just don't I just don't know if, it, in terms of the coach it's strong enough and whether they've managed to bring the side up to Bundesliga standard without their transfers and you know Yoshida Yoshida he was the I mean I'm not actually sure what age he is but I know he's at Southampton a few years ago whether he's still up to standard I don't think he did particularly well at, in Serie A I think it was with Sampdoria
0: Yeah big uh, <laughs> as, as the big Serie A observer that you are my lack of knowledge. That's, def- that's definitely not the side of calling him um, <laughs> Googling Yoshida. Uh, too,
2: too, uh, too easy to, to work out. Yes, it was, it was Santoria. 58 games for Santoria. I just remember seeing headlines when he when he'd signed, saying how terrible a sign it was, as if he'd, he'd uh, been pretty under par in ah So. Whether that's whether that's going to go well for him in the Bundesliga, I'm not sure. But Schalke to go in seventeenth—that's that's my prediction. Okay, I hope, uh, go
0: Schalke in eighteenth. I've not got Schalke in eighteenth. No, like i said that like my my seventeenth had to be one of uh, Bremen or Schalke. Hmm. I'm interested to see who you've got uh, last, Mister Colin.
2: I've gone for a powerful Bochum.
0: Well, the symmetry is complete, so I also go for Falfall Bochum
2: I'll go for some of my reasoning first, because uh you it's probably the same. I don't know, I, I feel like they've lost key players, Lost Pantovic from Lost Pantovic gone to Union. But particularly their defensive strength, you know, losing Maxim Leitch to Mainz, uh I remember Bella to Southampton, a center back pairing is a big loss from him you know, I, I don't think they are signs that are ever going to be too, attack, too uh, threatening in an attacking sentence. Saint-Philip Hoffman, who's probably another strike in the category where you go for a really good goal scorer in the Liga but in the top flight probably not a consistent goal scorer uh, I don't think he's actually played in Bundesliga before though yeah, so it would be interesting to see how he manages to handle himself I can't really see him being a regular goal scorer that can shoot them out of trouble. I think the squad is pretty weak in terms of quality. Another player of loss is Rich Bashai, who's gone to Augsburg. He's a good, solid midfielder, who they played well from last season, but he's gone to a, a, who's a team that's likely to be a relegation rival. Uh, so I, I just think in, in, terms, of, in terms of quality... They sort of another one of these sides last season that carried themselves and played really above above their level, I think. But that that's not sustainable. And as you see with a lot of teams that come up from the title league and that stay up the first season, they can't really sustain it over over a few years and not going down the second year. That's happened with having happened a with a few other clubs before that. So that, that's what I can see happening with with Bochum, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, took the took the words right out of my mouth. No, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. Um I mean they've they've spent spent they've spent thousand, uh after just about I mean, after after surviving um through yeah, pure pure grit last year. Um away 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 at Dortmund well, they they secure their survival. But uh yeah, I mean a a, a poor squad um on paper um also got to um, asano um of fame from your um stadion Becher but um no not not a great squad um the, yeah like the, the losing the the money that they get from yeah uh better coach app so spending seven hundred eighty thousand um does seem um pretty uh yeah and they also got it got three and a half million for for maxi Leitch to mitz um so that's their the two starting centre backs from last year gone. Um obviously brought in Staphalidis, um who was once at Stoke. Um he got relegated from the Premier League with Stoke. So um maybe he's gonna add add the, the Bundesliga relegation to his um to his C V. And then yeah Philip Foster, decent enough Stuttgart, Philip Hoffman absolute massive geezer we'll see how that expect a few balls lumped up to him. Um, but, I mean, I just, I can't really see them um, maintaining what they did to year. So, yeah, I'm pretty much pretty, pretty much in, in agreement with what Colin said, that I think they're probably going to, they're going to um, get a wooden spoon of the Bundesliga. So, we'll
2: move on to the final section of the podcast. We've given our predictions for the, the top seven and the bottom three that were going for a few individual categories just just for a bit of fun. Um, and the first category, I've already really covered my answer, to be honest. First to the sack, Frank Cramer. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, I don't know if uh, the symmetry has continued and you may be gone for Oliverna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that that would have that would have been um really great symmetry um no i've actually gone for uh for daniel farco i um i just feel like gladbach is just a just a just a toxic place to be and i feel like farco is the kind of guy that is very easy to fall out with um um, I just feel like there's there's still it's it's going to take a lot until the the, the quality of Gladbach uh, actually starts to shine through I've said many times I feel like there's, there's just an attitude problem along uh, um, with a lot of the players that they've got um, first and foremost Marcus Turam um, who's you know meant to be sort of leading their line and I often think he looks extremely disinterested um and never plays up to his potential. And he's actually currently been linked with a move uh, back to France. Um, I don't see Daniel Farker as the man that's going to get the most out of Gladbach. Uh, I also don't particularly like Daniel Farker. Um, so this is probably one of his predictions that um, is more led by what I would want to happen. Um, his his association with Norwich City is um, probably a pr- quite contributing factor, but I also... Don't like the fact that everyone in England kept comparing him to Jürgen Klopp because he was um, a, a German guy who shouts a lot. Um, so yeah, my 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 tip for first to get sacked it uh, um, um, so was Daniel Falker. Uh, is this
2: purely based on um, Norfolk Suffolk rivalries?
0: No, I just I just I just feel like that. Like I said, I do, do genuinely feel like um, Gladbach is like not a good place to be. I feel like that, and uh, I feel like with what happened with um, Maxi Abel that that kind of really brought to light how many things are wrong still at the club at Gladbach Um, and then they've just I mean they've just always got it in them to have just the most mental result ever like that result against Freiburg Um, and I feel like there's still an expectation from the club that they should be I mean, the fact that we, this is actually the first time we've mentored Gladbach this episode shows that they are not the, that we are used to expecting them as their sort of top six or seven team, which they're just, they're just not anymore. But I feel like the club has not come to terms with that, mainly because they do have the players to do that. Um, and I just feel like after a few months of still, of still um, treading water, not, not competing in the top sort of six, seven of the Bundesliga, um, I feel like that'll be a, that would be a uh, Farker taking his Parker out the door.
2: Well, <laughs> it, it does it does lead quite nicely to the, the next category. I'm going to jump a few categories um, compared to the the plan that's in. I'm going to go to flop because I um, I had originally gone for Schalke, but you know I've already covered that. Really, Schalke.
0: Funny, funny yeah. enough, uh, that was that, that was actually awesome. My flop was meant to be Simon Trotter and and My flop
2: was gladback uh, Gladbach now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Colony reading my notes.
2: <laughs> that was when we when we were talking when we were talking just uh, before this section about the fact that I'd realised that so many of my sections at this point had already covered and there's about <laughs> about eight clubs that i have not even mentioned once. Um so Gladbach have gone far who I don't think you know at early early stages of predictions considering a couple of weeks ago I was actually thinking of putting Gladbach in 16th thinking that they could be in the relegation playoff and I still think that's a slight possibility but I, I think they've got enough quality in the squad that they should be able to avoid that because there's so many poor teams in the league I would say towards the bottom that could be in the place, but I can see maybe a 13th, 14th place position when considering the sort of expectations, as you alluded to, really, that have become used over the past few years. That's a massive disappointment. I mean, even last season, you remind me, what position did they finish? Uh, Gladbach, the 13th, 14th. Was as low as that? I thought it was a bit higher than that. I think they are sort of recovered a bit towards the end. You know what? We're just exposing our lack of lack of knowledge. Uh, um McLappa finished uh tenth. <laughs> tenth, yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it in my head. I thought in my head that it, it was better than I'd initially thought, then I checked back that it was tenth because it did sort of pick up slightly towards the end of the season. Um but I mean with the performances they could have finished blowing that. I can see a of lower finish than that this season. been losing, losing a bow. As you say, the sort of strikers that have got, very hit and miss. Two Rams, extremely hot and cold. When you compare like, the sort of mood surrounding them the first season that he was here, like he was really a, a big idol for them, scored a number of key goals, but he, I feel like their attitude towards him has changed the past couple of years. Eventually, since he's found um, someone, that's what I was actually going to say. Like, I, I feel like he's never been the same player since that incident, and there's probably he's not had the same status among like, Gladbach fans since then. I'm guessing yeah, player as well, who good striker, but he's been linked with a move away. And Jan Sommer, Jan I'm assuming they're going to keep him. He was strongly linked with Nice. Um, I know they've offered him a contract extension. That, that's key. I think keeping him a good character in the club that has been there for so long. That I feel there's so much change at the moment with him, like Abel leaving, that's going to be some, something massive for them to adapt to. If a character like Sommer left as well, would always be too much too quickly for them. And you can't see them get dragged into relegation battle. But if they do manage to keep him around, that would be a, a massive positive for them. But even still, there's there's quite a lot of change for them. Um, so I I can see another sort of transitional season where they finish in the bottom half, unfortunately, because I, 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 <clears throat> they are a club I quite enjoyed seeing like challenging for the Champions League. Um, but. As we've, as have seen recently, that those days seem to be fading slightly. I might as well go to your flop
0: of the season. Come to my flop. Um, <laughs> with Schalke and Zinonthorada. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave them. I feel like yeah, I'll, I'll leave Schalke. So there's not too much expectation for them to be able to flop anyway. Um. <laughs> My my my, my that I'll go for um is uh, Matthias de Um I've s I've kind of set out of an agenda here. Um the set out of my Nicholas Zula um shaped um party tent, um my stall for him being better than de Um I just feel like with uh upper and Delicht playing together, age twenty-three and twenty-two at the heart of Bayern's Defence is um, you know interesting um, I yeah I just I don't see a leader between those two and um, yeah I just think you, you also always just feel like uh, Lucas Hernandez is always just sniffing around waiting for his chance um, and I've my prediction is that Dane's going to start the season poorly and Hernandez is going to take his chance snitch in, snitch in there and then uh, we'll will finish the season with um, with McConaughey and um and Luca Hernandez at the uh, heart heart of defence, um, and or, or maybe Bojman Paval, who of course wants to wants to play um centre back more often, um is also not not a bad choice there. So um you know he's, he's not not without pressure around him to lift, and uh, I think yeah that that eighty million price tag is gonna um look look uh, a bit a bit costly come the end of the season. Interesting that you've gone for the
2: top of the league rather than. Usually consider a flop to be a team that under, underperforms in the bottom half, we you're going for a, a buy in player. So the next category is slightly more uh, positive, uh, a positive line of things. Uh, top scorer. I mean, I've gone for um, the second top scorer from last season, Patrick Schick, who scored 24 last season. I expect to build on that again. You know, it doesn't have the the competition of Lewandowski or Holland. Um, despite Leverkusen maybe not having the best season and predictions missing out in the top four, I can see him being the top scorer in the league. As uh, there there aren't so many obvious options with uh, with the changes in Bayern and Dortmund, so I, I, I can see Patrick Schick having a, a roughly similar total next season, and uh, managing to get the the Torreger Canona.
0: Yeah, funny you mentioned yeah, that funny because um do you know that um this is the first time since the formation of the Bundesliga that the reigning um holder of the tour uh, year or neither the neither the reigning um holder of the tour year or any former holder of the tour year or the top scorer has actually been in the league. So no player in the league that's presently in the league has ever won it. Which is the first time since the Bundesliga formation uh, in 1963, so unprecedented times. Um, and but but to that extent, um, I am going for Sadio Mane. Um I feel like he's he's gonna he's gonna rip up the league. To be honest, um, I probably could easily put him as my best signing of this next cast crew we have here. But for the sake of this being more interesting, I won't do that. But um, I just saw the way he played uh in the super cup uh against a, a decent Leipzig defence. Uh and yeah, he just, just had a field day really. I can see him really taking on the responsibility of the of leading the line for Bayern really well. Um he's a very, very, very talented footballer and I think Bayern did extremely well to, to get him. He obviously had suitors elsewhere, could have stayed at Liverpool, could have gone elsewhere in the Premier League. Um yeah, I think I can I can see M- Mané hitting the sort of the twenty five goal mark, twenty 30 goals with, with quite some ease.
2: Interesting. Yeah, Mané uh, and Cuckoo, both uh, another option that I I had considered before going with the uh, the more out out number nine of Patrick Schick. Who is your best signing?
0: Um. <laughs> well. In the least surprising news of this podcast so far, my best signing is um, Nicholas Zula to <laughs> <it in> <laughs> uh, Honestly, when I, when I started this podcast, I didn't when I started the podcast today, I didn't think that I was going to come out of it seeing myself yeah, yeah, as Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas Zula hype boy. Um, I think maybe maybe we've got too too emotionally um, entrenched in this Zula versus the thing. But I think like my my thinking is if if Dortmund won the league then Zulu's gonna be at the heart of it. So I mean that's yeah, that's that's much as simple as that.
2: I've gone for a defensive sign who I've already mentioned uh Matisse Gunter for Freiburg who I think is uh, quite an obvious option but is quite a quite sort of a, an emotional choice because it's a, a move you wouldn't expect, and almost like a something you would come to expect from a, a modern footballer. with so many options in other leagues; could have easily got a move to the Premier League or another big European club. But to say to return to the the club that he he was with as
0: as a youth, the club that he, from the, the the city that he's from, you know, one on the junior Bundesliga with uh, Christian Streich as the the coach uh, with Freiburg, quite right. Yeah. Uh,
2: heading back to the club of his youth almost restores some faith with you that um, you've got a, a character like that that takes that choice. Uh, I know we were talking about Freiburg earlier, and like you mentioned like they're almost a club that does everything right which they definitely do have that perception. And I feel like if I was a player, they, they would be a club I would want to play for. You know, so many players thrive under Strike's leadership. And you see with a lot of players that once they leave Freiburg, maybe don't match the level that they, they met. They, they reached under him, under his, his leadership at the club. You know, we had like Vincenzo Grifo, who went away to like Hoffenheim and back ended up going back to Freiburg and that's the, the club where he shared his greatest performances. And Ginter will hopefully do the same, that he, he gets, back to his, gets back to a great level. You know, he was in a, a poor back side last season. But I mean, it, in terms of club size, it's not a step up, but he, he's now back playing in European competition, which when you've got a player that is one of the first choice centre-backs in the German national team, you want them playing in gem, um, master competitions, so that's why I've gone for a Ginter. as that my sign of the season? I think he's going to provide some valuable experience and quality at the back for them, particularly with losing Nico Schwaabik, who's a massive loss for them. But they've really got the best replacement they could have they could have wished.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's my probably like that's probably my favourite signing um, of the window mm-hmm. for sure.
2: Definitely my favourite sign, but I, I do, I do think he, he will be one of he he, he is a good contender for the, the best signing as well. I mean, you there's there's an argument you could have gone for a money and players like that, but you know I'm not really going to pick a buying player because I just don't find that as interesting. I find I find it far more interesting than a player going back to
0: the the club of his youth. I think that's a, a good option for that. Would would you would you you uh, what what age would you go back to to air if you'd made if you'd made it as a uh, if you'd made it as a footballer what, what age would you find suitable to to head back down the uh, head back over west to the west of Scotland?
2: Depends
0: where it was maybe I wouldn't leave in the first place. Well, but you've you've reached that you're playing for like the Scottish national team. You know you 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 play in say like like wolves. In the Premier League?
2: Um, 28. Like
0: Matthias
2: Um, Mm. Ginter. Someone someone say
0: lack of ambition.
2: (laughs) Returning to air when I'm (laughs) 28, (laughs) yes. Do a a Philip Lamb and retire when I'm about 32, you know, leaving a high after I've won the World Cup. (laughs) Not that that's
0: a distinct possibility. When the win the World Cup was Scotland and then go back to air. You know, it's a it's just
2: it's a tougher it's a tougher choice when you, you don't come from a, a country that regularly like qualifies for these things <laughs> and don't support don't support a club that wins Champions Leagues like yourself. You know <laughs> not, not used to a question like that. Not used to <laughs> asking what what, what I takes such a step down from Wolves to United. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, perhaps perhaps the biggest disappointment of tonight has been George, no, it's been that we've not been joined by our colleagues Roy and Bob today, but they're still keen that the listeners do not miss their thoughts, so I have sent in a very special message. Now, just before before we play these, uh, Bob hasn't sent us in yet, so if there's silence from Bob, you know why. But we do have the incoherent ramblings of Roy, so here we go.
1: Moin, moin, from the beautiful, very warm city of Hamburg. Um, Apologies that I did not make it onto the big Bundesliga preview, Uh, one of the highlights of the GFP year, of course, but due to some work commitments and some family visits to the beautiful city of Hamburg, I am unable to join. So let's get a wee voice note in to see how things are going. Um, Without going too much into detail, I think just looking at maybe the top four for this year I'd love to see Dortmund and I think there's a possibility they could as the time of the record, I think they could still probably bring in a striker to replace uh, the unfortunate incident with Harrah at the moment and if he manages to come back I think he could be so important for them and if Adeyemi manages to get himself up and running as well I just I see a bit, a bit more fight and a bit less Everything directed towards Haaland uh, in the Dortmund side this year. And I think Jude Bellingham, just another experience for him could be massive. And I think he could go that one better. So I'd love to see Dortmund try uh, and push for the top. I, 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 I'll just predict them as first. I don't think it will happen, but why not? Why not this year? There Maybe just be something lost with Bayern. And although they looked very good in the, the Super Cup against Leipzig, uh, it would still be... Difficult to change a whole system after basically ever been leaning towards Lewandowski. Um, also, I think it's also quite difficult to say what's going to happen with the, the rest of the top four because I think there's a few teams that could probably sneak into it. Um, I think Leverkusen will definitely be there despite the 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 wonderful tip from our very own uh, George um of Elversberg beating them in the Pokal, but the Pokal's a different animal at times and uh, once you get the squad together, and I think the sign of a Hultzek, or if that's how you pronounce it, uh, will be quite important for them in keeping patchy Schick and Florent Wertz when he comes back. I think um, Leverkusen have enough to finish in that third place, and then Leipzig just don't look any weaker. A couple of decent arrivals coming in. I think uh, Realm could be a re- really interesting one as well. Depends if Angelino goes the other way. Um, but there's just, for me, the, that top four, I don't see anyone else managing to push into it's just what order I think could be quite difficult I think uh, teams like Frankfurt could be quite interesting as well this season Uni on Berlin I think will be a, a nice one and I've had to pick a surprise of the season I wouldn't really call that a surprise but I think the fact Uni on Berlin could potentially um, stay in the top half of the table and stick to European places I think be a massive achievement for them to do that again but also still quite surprising considering the club and I think that would be uh, definitely a wee surprise package for me in store Looking at the bottom, I think it's quite hard to look at the teams that struggled last year. I think um I th- I think what you we were going to mention about first of the sack, I think that Kramer could be quite um he could be one of the first ones to make himself uh, available to leave after probably a potentially a poor start to the season. We'll see how they got on. Schalke, it's hard to see what's gonna happen there. But I th- I kinda of tip him to be the first one to, to be given his jotters and if that happens and they get a um most successful manager and or someone else in that could steady the ship, I think Schalke will stay up and I think Bremen also under Oli Werner. Um, I really like Oli Werner and his style of play, so I think I'd like to see them both stay up. So my tip for the relegation, I I would they're not going to because they never would and we'll never get rid of them, but Augsburg will play uh, the playoff and I think Hertha BSC and Stuttgart will finish as the bottom two. So. Without going on too far, too long, we're we're talking for too long in these wee voice notes. I'll leave it there with that, and hopefully you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I can't wait to to get listening in on it, uh, George and Colin. I'm sure it's a fantastic one. Um, cheers anyway. Ciao.
0: <laughs> well, it's safe to say that um, the listeners will have just heard that that made absolutely no sense. Um, well, uh, three and a half minutes worth of uh, nothing but, but contradiction,
2: <laughs> and I think that's probably probably the time the listeners are switched off. Uh, so that, it, that makes sense for us to us to finish up anyway. Um, and with that, we can conclude our twenty two twenty three Bundesliga preview. As always, there will probably have been a couple of awful shouts in there, but I'm sure we can look back on. Those with embarrassment in a few months, and but we had had some good fun with it anyway. Uh, so, just thanks to everyone for joining us this week. Appreciate you listening, and we hope that you all enjoy the weekend's Bundesliga return. And we'll see you soon. Cheers.
0: Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>